especially bloody and violent political campaign season ahead of midterm elections on the 6th of June. At least 34 candidates have been murdered since campaigning began on the 6th of April, while dozens more have been targeted and attacked. John Bonfilio is a journalist in Mexico. The Mexican midterms are coming up uh, this Sunday, 6th of June, which happen every three years. There's elections for the Chamber of Deputies, so the lower chamber, the Senate, and some about half of the governors across the across the country, and they're being marred by uh, record levels of political violence. The scale depends on how you measure it, on who it's, is measuring it. The government, the federal government, are infamously at the moment kind of pretending that it's not really happening at all. And of course, there's also significant under under-reporting. But I mean, whichever way you look at it, there's essentially we're looking at in excess of 500 individual acts of political violence. Uh, and probably 80-plus deaths of of candidates and violence somewhere between 60 and 70% up on the last political cycle. And although this could be, you know, in some context, in some parts of the country, this could be localised um, criminal violence and so on, essentially what it all adds up to, which is a surprise to absolutely nobody, is that it's the continuation of the of the cartels, the all-powerful cartels, vying for territory in this political cycle. But why is it worse this time around, do you think? Essentially, my answer to that would be that the current president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, had to form a new political party in the last round of elections in order to get himself elected. Um, So what that has meant is that the traditional party structures and the alliances with organized crime that led up until the last election cycle have to some extent been shattered and so there are every there's a now free-for-all there's a whole series of new alliances that need to be uh, set up and the emergence of this new political party has meant that all of these cozy alliances between politicians law enforcement and, and organized crime have essentially had to be renegotiated and everything's up in the air and the 34 at least although you said the number might be much higher than that um candidates who've been, who've been in murdered do they have any kind of protection are they easy targets i mean they do have protection but they are really easy targets in the sense that the people who are protecting them anyway even if they're federal law enforcement or private bodyguards um are two things one is open and susceptible to infiltration and the second thing is that they are massively underpowered in terms of you know the weaponizing in 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 the way that the the cartels are there is no military force in mexico that that has the the power and the might that the that the cartels have it seems like a hopeless situation i mean it, it so the next the next time there's a, a political uh, round a round of elections presumably this is something that can't improve it's just endemic yeah i mean look the, the as people here will will tell you there is um a massive economic partner north of the border that has that generates a huge demand for drugs south of the border so there's basically a supply and demand issue. And that's been here since, you know, basically forever. I mean, certainly for the last three or four generations. What changed was uh, a declaration of the um, of the war on drugs by Felipe Calderón, the president here between 2006 and 2012, who essentially militarized the response supported by the U.S. on the cartels. And that fractured uh, all of the cartels' behavior. And what changed then was significant levels of violence um, that emerged, so which has led to today uh, in the region of thirty-five thousand killings a, a year, which is basically about a hundred killings a day 
which are related to um, cartel violence. So is as uh, is anything going to change in terms of the supply and demand of, of the drug situation vis-a-vis that, you know, that open, porous border that heads north of the USA? I really don't think so. I don't, I don't see how that can happen with the economic inequality that, that exists across across that space. I think what can be tackled uh, is the violence that um, that is that is generated across these spaces and the fracturing of the of the criminality and the, and the cartels. How you go about that? I mean, this president has taken a wholly different attitude. So I mentioned previously about the militarization of the response. Mm. Uh, Andres Manuel López Obrador, famously at the moment, has opted for a hugs, not bullets uh, strategy, which at the moment has made absolutely zero difference. You know, he's, he's targeting the causes of poverty uh, in amongst these um, these communities that lead to. to uh, to young men in particular taking up weapons on the on the part of the cartels, he would say, "I need more time to to get this um, to get this policy and to get this strategy to work." But it's certainly not working at the moment. Absolutely fascinating and it's quite depressing. But that was uh, John Bonfilio. He's a journalist in Mexico. Uh, Tomorrow we'll speak to one of the foremost historians of modern Mexico about his new book, The Real History of the Mexican Drug Trade.